Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by Rebecca Rittenhouse to talk all about her television series, Maggie. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the arc and the journey that you've built with Maggie throughout the series, because so much of it is about her relationship with her abilities and, and kind of what that means to herself and, and kind of really connecting internally within that, that side of her throughout the series more and more, and even through just little details like what it takes to put up a proper sign in her business and what it means when she loses them towards the end of the season. And so I was interested in if you had that whole arc in the script and, and all of those details and how you really worked episode by episode to build a lot of those details into your character so that it was an ongoing fluid relationship that she has throughout the series. Yes, so I did have all of those details, thank God. Um, I When I first took the job, I did not we had two episodes written and then Maggie Mull and Justin Adler had an idea of where they wanted to go, but it wasn't until they had their writer's room put together that they were able to sit down and, and really hash it all out. And um, I sat down with them last August to discuss where it was going. So I knew that she was going to lose her visions towards the end of the season and I knew that one of the main things about her arc would be this struggling with her identity, essentially, and accepting who she is. And, and I think a lot of us take for granted parts of who we are that we think we might not like or be happy with. But then if they didn't exist anymore, they weren't a part of us anymore, um, we might feel differently. So uh, that was a pretty universal idea. I thought that was a, it was a cool take on it. Cause you know, not everybody is a psychic or a medium or an intuitive of some kind. So it's kind of a fun way to explore that. So that definitely made it easier to have an idea of where I was going right from the start. It wasn't, it's, it's interesting because as a character, there's a lot of internal push and pull with herself. There's a lot of moments where because of something that she sees in a vision or, or something that she kind of sees a little flicker of that, that she will kind of put herself forward a little bit more, put herself out there a little bit more, and then potentially have a vision which causes her to take two steps back each time. Um, and so did you find that there was a lot to play with within that space of what is it that's going to make her feel more comfortable, more confident in herself in, in kind of moving forward? And then what are the things that are going to consistently draw her backwards into herself a little bit more throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot to play with there, especially because the way the episodes are structured is there's always sort of like a larger story and then there's always the story of the episode. So um, she's not always good from the beginning at recognizing when she's dealing with the same lesson from another example, you know, she doesn't always put those things together and views them kind of as isolated events. So it does take her a while of like re repeatedly making the same mistake as I think most of us do in our lives. Um, we can't always see the connective tissue or the thread be between, you know, mistakes we make or decisions we make or our behavior in general. Um, so, so yeah, there was definitely <laughs> a lot to, to play with there and experiment with. And also, you know, I loved working with the people who worked on the show because they were so perceptive and receptive um, to me and my thoughts about 
her arc and whether or not it, you know, it, it fit or it matched, or if there was, you know, something that I was missing that I wasn't seeing that they were like, well, you know, remember that, you know, three episodes from now, this X, Y, Z thing is going to happen. So like, don't get ahead of yourself, you know? Um, so that, that was definitely, um, an interesting process. And I, I think it's fun to play a character who's really struggling with multiple things, <laughs> but, you know, a part of just self, the self-acceptance that, that Maggie is, is searching for. I also like the fact that we do get to see a lot of what that relationship with her visions has looked like since she was younger, because the script does allow for those kind of flashback moments, like her prom, seeing the history and, and the genesis of her relationship with Angel. And even the episode that deals with her relationship with her mom and what that looked like between the two of them when she first developed this, this ability. Um, and so how did that give you a lot of space to really flesh out different aspects of the character and to bring even more into the relationship that she has with herself in the present with those details and 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 did you find yourself wanting to kind of go further than what the scripts were even giving you and develop even more details for yourself well you know the the type of actor that I am is like I'm very much so an Atlantic actor and so I which is the school that I went to that is uh, a school in New York um and in one of their things is like, you know, everything you need to know is on the page. Everything that's playable should be on the page if the script is worth its salt. And so I found that our writers were good. So they did provide me with everything that, that I needed to know. And then um, the sort of the second part of that, that I think is so interesting is that Maggie, like when we see in her prom, like she's kind of a loner because of her visions. It's like definitely not something that her peers view as cool. Um, but she still knows that that's who she is in a way. And it's interesting because I think she goes backwards in a, a little bit as she becomes an adult. It's definitely a part of her life, but she's... Um, I think she almost becomes a little bit less sure of herself as she goes along. And uh, when it comes to her visions and what she makes of them, and I think she starts second guessing herself a little bit more and creating um, self-fulfilling prophecies for herself as she gets older, which is funny because I think a lot of us can grow out of the things that we experience or do as teens and for her sometimes I think she gets a little bit too bogged down in this thing that she once kind of just accepted and was like well you know I don't have a lot of friends because of this but I've got I've got Louise and you know she's very confident with Angel who is her guidance counselor at the high school which is why she knows him and she's able to like get him to become more confident in, in who he is in that episode and, and accept that he has a gift and that he needs to, you know, uh, use it and, and make a contribution to the world um, with his gift. So that was an interesting thing for me to play around with because it definitely, I think we find her in a place where she's very much so stuck in her life. And I think it's 
I, I see it with my friends and myself at this stage and I'm in my early thirties and yeah, I just think you get to this place where you're so afraid of like making the wrong choices in your life. And it's, you start to feel like maybe you don't have forever to like do all these different things or, you know, choose the right partner or be on the right career path or whatever it is. And so it's easy to get paralyzed by that fear and, and stuck in, in, uh, in those decisions and stuck in whatever you believe about yourself. And when it comes to the romanticism between Maggie and Ben as well, I thought that was a really interesting exploration because it's such a brief moment that they're actually together. But obviously, because of her vision that she has, there's so much more that she's seen and explored as a possibility within her mind. Um, and that's something that that feels like there's an undercurrent that just continues to build throughout the season because the more she gets to know him, the more it kind of solidifies a lot of that, even though obviously then she has the different vision, which, which leads her away from him. And so how did you want to create that constant undercurrent of that romanticism and, and just that immediate connectivity of how deep it is for her because she's seen an entire life and an entire partnership with this man in that moment. I found that so relatable, honestly, because obviously she sees things that then come true. So she puts a lot of stock in her visions, but I think that we all do that. You know, when we're in really like somebody or in love with somebody, we project a lot of hopes and, and dreams onto them. And you know, I think that that's why it can be so hard to get over relationships sometimes because it's not even what's in front of you. It's what you hoped would be in front of you. And um, I think that is just such an important thread in the show because it's what we all experience in, you know, in when we're looking for love and looking for the right person. And obviously it's a romantic comedy and that part of it needs to be there and it, you need to really be rooting for them. So for Maggie to like really believe that it's there and then for it to go away, but then for her to also want to do the right thing by Jesse and Ben and kind of, I think, self-sacrifice a little bit or, you know, not want to get in the way. I think it makes her more of a compelling protagonist because she's not just you know playing around with people's hearts or or you know doing something because she's like well I saw it and not using it as a way to justify her behavior she's really trying to do the right thing and I think that makes it more romantic and when you were filming moments like the vision that she has with him, where she then sees herself, or even when she sees herself with, you know, when she is in a relationship with someone else, and then she sees an argument between the two of them before it happened. Um, how did you set about finding the, the sensibility or the tone for your performance in those moments? Because it's something where it is a completely real situation, but also there's a certain quality to it because it's something that she's envisioning in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think the the sense of of confusion, but also conviction is also is like something that I tried to balance because obviously at this point in her life, she knows that she doesn't always get the full picture, but it's still really hard to let go of your interpretation of something that you feel you know to be true. So 
um, I really just, I guess, tried to empathize with what that feeling would be like, right. To, to either know something's not going to work out with someone and, you know, want to self-protect and avoid, or to think something is going to work out with someone and want to figure out how that happens. Um, it's just, it's an, it's, incredibly like it's complex because you're not just living in you're not in the present moment she's not often in the present moment she's always thinking about what's next and was was that kind of a technicality to figuring out what it's like when she's doing a reading what is it like when she's getting a vision what is it like when she's you know processing what it is that she's seeing as she's then deciding how she's going to communicate that to someone because again it's sometimes it's an interpretation of, of the details that she's giving someone versus the full picture um and so and so how did you set about figuring out all of those little technical details that go into your performance in those moments yeah so that there was a lot of technicality there just with camera and the way they would want the visions to appear and kind of like whether it was a romantic moment that was more tied to Maggie's personal storyline or something that was more comedically driven. And those I found were slightly different in technical ways or the way they would play around with the way they were lighting me in those moments or the, the way my eyeline was directed. Um, and for me as an actor, they were some of the more difficult moments because they feel very, um, artificial to, you know, sort of take like a really long artificial pause so they can edit in and out of it or look at something like a piece of tape <laughs> on a mat box um, or just, you know, I, I think, I guess the way that I always imagined it for Maggie would be that she has flashes and it's almost like when you have a memory or when you're dreaming and it's like a, a jigsaw type of thing where it just happens so quickly, but you can't let it happen that quickly when you're filming it because they have to cut in and out of it. So it was, that was one of the more challenging aspects. I, I don't know if I ever felt comfortable with it, even through 13 seasons or 13 seasons, I wish, 13 episodes. Um, I, I probably got a little bit more comfortable with it, but I remember like thinking like, Oh God, I, I feel like, so like such a bad actor right now. Right. Because I'm like having to like pause and hold this moment that I would never actually pause and hold for technicality. And, and also I, I randomly was interested. Did you have to think about your hands in a very different way and a lot more because when she sees things, it's it's through a sense of touch with someone. So it's either someone sitting down for a reading and holding their hands, but also there's moments where if her hand touches an object or, you know, kind of brushes past someone that maybe there's a flash coming in there. And so did you have to think very differently about how you were using your hands in scenes as a result of that? Well, I what, that was some, the rules of Maggie's visions were something that we talked a lot about because we decided that it couldn't be that she was constantly, that whenever she touched something, she got a vision. It was, it either had to be like when she was focusing on it or if a, like a strong message was coming across. Um, because as you see at the end of the season, she does have that experience where it's just an onslaught of visions 
like around her at all times. And then that leads up to her losing them. Um, so we decided, I think pretty um, specifically that there had to be a sense of normalcy for her that even if she got an unexpected vision, it was, it was something that she could kind of move past and she could exist in the world in a normal way. And that it wouldn't be like, oh, you know, she has to be careful what she touches because, you know, she might see something that she doesn't really want to see, which she does occasionally. And, you know, makes a joke about old men shaving their shoulders. But um, I, we definitely felt it was important to give her a sense of like, I, I'm just a person who exists in the world. And, and it, this is a huge part of me, but she's trying not to make it all of her. So I think I just tried to <laughs> operate as, as normally physically as I would. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I also love the way that we get to see her dealing with when she loses her visions, the way that she tries to like channel and push through, it's like, absolutely everything's fine. I'm just going to go have a lot of drinks, dance really hard and push through it in my own way. And so when you were going into that episode, what are the different ways in which you found who is she going to be without this? And then what's her, what's her methodology for herself of trying to push through and trying to convince herself that everything's fine while she's essentially going through this real undercurrent of an existential crisis at the same time. Total existential crisis. Uh, well, it, you know, that was one of the more fun episodes to shoot for many reasons, but, um, I think it, it was interesting because she, this entire time has kind of been like, you know, the, her visions are her livelihood, but they're often a burden to her. She's often like, oh, you know, I'm making the most of this of sort of this gift that I've been given, but I'm not sure I always appreciate it. Uh, and then of course she has the opposite uh, experience where she loses something that she's taken for granted. And I know that when that's happened to me in my life, cause I think anyone who's experienced loss for something that they've taken for granted, whether it's a person or a thing or whatever, the sense of panic is overwhelming. It's overwhelming to a point where you don't panic in a weird way. You know what I mean? You just do the other things. You focus really hard on other things to avoid feeling the panic, avoid letting the panic out, whether it's going out with your friends and getting hammered and being like, it's totally fine or buying a bunch of crystals and thinking that somehow you've never used crystals in your life, but that's going to be the thing because that works for other people or whatever it is. It's like this, the panic gets turned into a very, very honed sense of focus that, um, you know, what, I lost my mom a few years ago and it was a very overwhelming situation. And uh, my brother and I were caring for her. And I remember people being like, I don't understand like how you're dealing with this and getting through this. And I was like, well, you know, I get up in the morning and I do this and I, and I go here and I buy these things and then I go to her house and then I do this. And, you know, and it was very like, it's almost a dissociative state. So I think I just kind of honed in on that feeling to 
get her through that moment. So she didn't have to really sit down and reflect about what really was bothering her, which we finally see when she admits to Louise that maybe she doesn't know who she is without them. And in a different realm, I want to talk a little bit about some of the the costumes and accessories and even makeup details that come into the character because, um, you know, she kind of by her own assertion at the psychic party says that she feels like she doesn't really dress the part, but there are little details like in some of the jewelry that she wears that feel very connected, Um, you know, and then even something like the prom scene flashbacks. I know that you kind of have mentioned that the makeup and like the idea of like wearing bronzer all over your face was something that you thought would be very, very apt to the time period of the 90s. Um, And so what are some of the details that either were important for you to kind of physically have in terms of her as a character or helped you kind of connect or find find details of her along the way? The rings that I wore really helped a lot. I mean, I got made fun of for all the jewelry that I wore, but for whatever reason, that made me feel like somebody else, somebody who's not me and somebody who literally uses their hands. Um, for, uh, to make a living. And um, I think, you know, the, the episode, the Julius Moon episode where she goes to the party and she says, I'm not really dressed the part was kind of an interesting thing for me to play with because I wore a totally different hairstyle in that episode where I wore straight hair and I had like a, like a barrette thing with like a side part And I remember thinking like, this is the episode where I want to do this because I want it to feel like she's trying too hard. Like she's can't, she's not able to be herself really, which is part of why she feels uncomfortable in in that situation. And she's maybe doesn't feel like she's good enough to be there or she's, you know, real enough to be there. It's just all this self-doubt and um, insecurity that, that sort of bubbles over. And I was trying to find a way to, to show that um, outwardly. So that's kind of why, um, why I chose that for that moment. And then I also wanted her to feel like she was connected to something otherworldly, um, but not, didn't lean so far into it that people might look at her and be like, oh, she's not, there's something weird about her. Like, you know, she's too kooky or I didn't want to lean into any stereotypes, but I definitely wanted her to have a specific sartorial identity, which Pam Chilton, who was our costume designer was very, very on board with. And she understood immediately. And she was able to pillage the Fox vaults for tons of incredible vintage, one-of-a-kind stuff. And then also in talking a little bit about the the friendship with uh, Louise played by Nicole Sakura in the series, you know, it's something where it almost feels like Maggie's able to show up for her friend in a way that she doesn't even always manage to do so for herself. Like she really is there to kind of like lift her up and, and elevate her. And so I was interested in how the two of you worked together to create that dynamic because they both are people in the world that have so much channeled everything into this one friendship, as opposed to being people who are constantly socially moving around different spaces and different groups. Yeah, I think they have gone through a lot together and they've been together for so long. And I don't know, I find that happens with a lot of friends too, where you are able to give really good advice, but you're not necessarily able to take it. And I think they really do that for each other. You know, I think Maggie helps 
Louise to sort of start to focus on what she wants and, you know, opening her own yoga studio and not being so obsessed with guys and dating. And Louise really helps Maggie to lean into who she is, accept who she is, find it beautiful and, and to like live in the moment um, instead of always trying to calculate, and make the right choice. So they're, they're really helpful for each other. And, you know, Louise uh, was in med school and she decided to leave. And that was, a, I think, a very difficult experience for that character to, to go a direction that was not approved of um, or that wasn't deemed as valuable by society or her parents. And, and then Maggie being aware that she was a psychic at such a young age and not being accepted by her peers, but being accepted by Louise I think it's just, it's a ride or die situation, you know? Absolutely. Well, I really, really loved everything that you did in the first season. And thank, thank you, you so much for sharing all of this. Really appreciate it, Rebecca. Thank you. It was so nice to talk to you, Mara.